Welcome back to another episode of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I am Mike. And I am Grizz. And we are here, Sans Anthony, uh, with another wonderful film for you. This week, we are back with Murder Lust, the straight-to-video slasher from the, really, it's kind of the mid-80s, but was released in the later 80s. Yeah, held up a little. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a really weird movie, Psychosexual Killer, as Torso would say. Sounds like a uh, fucking Talking Head song, too, just <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this one's pretty cool, right? This is a favorite of yours. You love this movie. Yeah. You have it uh, on VHS. You have it on DVD or Blu-ray. It's DVD. If they did a Blu-ray, DVD? I gotta find it because that'd be sweet too. Unless it's Your like, DVD? dude, there's like this thing that they do, and it kind of like pisses me off because they got me hook, line, and sinker on this shit. They'll put out a Blu-ray, and it's a fucking VHS rip. No upgrade. It's it's like my my killer workout. <laughs> Rocktober Blood. Yeah, Rocktober Blood. That's a dude. That DVD is trash. But like, I have a killer workout Blu-ray, and it's a straight VHS cut. They didn't do anything to it. So yeah, of course. I they, well, they. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember uh, back buying DVDs, and you would get it, and it's a it's a straight VHS rip. Yeah. Straight VHS, okay. right? like with the bars. I and expect everything. that almost with like a DVD. Sometimes you know it's a gamble what you're gonna get, but with a Blu-ray, if you're putting something out on a Blu-ray, dude, take the fucking effort to get it scanned or something, you know? So. Yeah, just release it as a DVD then. Yeah, you bastards, taking my and money. And you know it's funny, like some of these ones that were put out. I make our VHS rips look better than you, their dude, fucking. Yeah, you really do. Not yeah, that we rip our makes movies. No... That's not something that we... Fuck you. <laughs> Fucking come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I own this. I own this print. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Murder Lust. Released technically uh, in June of 1987. Yes. It was apparently originally made or whatnot in 1985. And you can tell it looks a bit older. Right, this days. film looks like it was. Fi- this film looked like it was. It was made in 1978. It does look like a 70s movie. There's like, I mean, there's a couple tells. Obviously, the vehicles and stuff like that give it a little bit more of a dating. But it looks like a the film stock and shit looks like. Yeah, a, and I guess it was like a red, like a, I can't remember the numbers now, but it's like a red 16 millimeter type of film that they use, which gives it that almost tint to make it look yeah. like that. So. It, it took place in California. It was filmed in California. Mojave. Right? Yeah, the Mojave Desert. And it has that very, uh, like, southwestern look to it, right? It does. Everything about it screams the southwest. When I was a, a young it, lad, I, I, I hitchhiked to California when I was younger. Like a dumbass. And you were a hippie. Yeah. And, and you were a I, hippie. Uh, <laughs> dude, I spent, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not admitting to that. But uh, I, I spent like a whole like month in Joshua Tree out in that area, like sleeping in the desert and shit. So this brought back a lot of those feelings when I first dude, saw it. Dude, what was the most fucked up thing that you saw in that whole experience? 
Oh my god. Oh. Not necessarily something you did, but something that you just witnessed. Alright, so like, first of all, dude, train kids are fucking nuts. Like, we would just fly signs just to get by, and I guess like the craziest thing that blew my mind when I was doing this whole process is that like, the middle of the country is the worst place to hitchhike through. I'm sorry the Bible Belt, but you guys are rough, dude. We would have people who would just like give us money to be like, get the fuck out of our town. Like, we don't want you here. Like, here's $20. You can go now, kind of a thing. So, like, wow. I mean, but a lot of places are mad cool, dude. Like, Pizza Hut is the shit. If you're a traveling kid, dude, you can go to any Pizza Hut and be like, can we clean your parking lot for a pizza? And they'll down, dude. They'll do it every time. So, like, wow. But, dude, like, places like McDonald's and shit, they're like, they can't give you food because of, like, the laws or some bullshit that they got. But, like, yo, Pizza Hut, if you're out there and you're uh, flying a sign, Get yourself a pizza, boy. That's that's the shit. <laughs> but what? No, I, I still want to know what's the most fucked up thing you saw, dude. I didn't see anything that was like too gnarly. I did see this like this chick who was like uh, just dude. She totally like fucked these cops over and stuff like that. And like this chick was like a train girl, but she totally had like this totally like mind manipulation over these cops and was just like was able to like get us out of trouble without even like be being like sexual or anything like that just like this this dirty little fucking girl just talked her way out of everything it, it blew my mind and dude like she was able to like do this thing where she would go up to people and, and was able to give money from them she would have like a rock in her hand and she would make up some crazy stupid ass story about like oh this rock dude blah 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 and she would come back with all this money being like yeah this this rock got me paid and i was like dude these people are on some shit so damn dirty hippies man jesus i've heard a lot of crazy <laughs> shit about like kids getting crushed in fucking like train cars and stuff like that like they'll they'll be in like grain cars and the grain cars will get loaded up and they'll be sleeping and they don't realize it and they get buried in grain and that shit's fucking damn. yeah that would be damn, gnarly what a way to go what i just imagine like go. the hand coming up like from wrestlemania in the end like coming yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. grain AJ, AJ styles yeah. hand. <laughs> <laughs> So, Murder Lust. This one was written by James C. Lane, and it was directed by Donald M. Jones, who also did a film that you watched today called Project Nightmare. Uh, why don't you give us a little description of that one, if you could? Dude, so Project Nightmare was crazy. It was kind of like a bonus feature on my uh, the, the Intervision that I sever in films, I think, as a part of, or they put out all the Intervision stuff. So they did that a few years ago. It's the first film that this combination of James C. Uh, Lane and Donald M. Jones did together. They did a bunch of stuff together, including Murder Lust. And it's a weird, like these two guys, they just like wake up in the woods. They don't know how they got there. They're being chased by this force that you don't ever see. And it just turns into this like psychedelic mind trip, like acid, weird movie. Uh, it, it, it was good. It was kind of like this kind of movie mixed with like a Jodorowsky movie where it's just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. There's all these weird symbolisms <laughs> that are happening and colors and shit. So yeah, it was not what That's I expected. Cool. Cause like the name, it like, you know, project nightmare, you're like, this is going to be something crazy. This is going to be some kind of horror movie. And the first like 20 minutes, there's these two guys like in the woods being chased by this invisible force. And it's very Star Trekky very William Shatner the dude definitely thought that he was fucking William Shatner because the way he's acting in the movie is spot on to that so worth the watch our main character Steve Belmont right played by Eli Rich this is his only acting credit uh no he actually did a no. couple other things he was in a couple of other of these guys' movies 
Um, I can't remember another like a comedy movie that he was into, but he didn't do much after this time period. This was pretty much it. I wish he and did because I love this guy. Yeah, what real estate agent? Man? I don't know if that's him or not. <laughs> I tried. So we'll find out. Uh, so his character was based on Ted Bundy, right? Who, what, murdered like 30 people or so, right? 30 females? Something like Something that. Like that. Yeah. I think that's uh, the numbers. And then the the Hillside Strangler slash Stranglers. Yeah, two people there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a similar case where they were dumping the bodies in the hills of LA, right? Uh, and you could see the correlation between the two, right? The way he's oh, talking yeah. to people. He's like a smooth-talking guy like Ted Bundy supposedly was. Uh, the van and everything. Well, like, I guess like the writer spent months before he actually wrote the script studying those kind of people specifically to understand the mindset, to understand the, like, the, the misogyny behind their actions and stuff like that. I think the dude nails the aspect of all those things in this film yeah and the box art of this is gnarly right it's one of my favorite prison covers for sure yeah this was released by prism video who also released torso that was a movie we did uh, a little while back nice little side Uh, flap action yeah it's an illustration of a guy like strangling a woman with a little piece of rope Pretty fucked up, pretty graphic. It's cover, a, I, right? I love the style of the artwork too. It's kind of different. It's not like you're, you know, it's it's cartoonish, but it's not a cartoon. It's it's just very stylized yeah. and also like purples and blues with the yellow murder uh, lust. Yeah, it's cool. I, Spine I, is cool. Definitely one of my favorite covers. Now that everybody knows a little bit of the background of this, besides the fact that it was shot on weekends, yeah, twelve days. <laughs> I twelve got, days oh, on like, the. All the actors, he found them like a fucking catalog. They were like mail order actors from, uh, what was it, Drama Log Magazine at the time. So he just was like, yeah, these guys will work. And he just started picking people and he just fucking crazy. put them all together. What a, to- what a time to make a fucking low budget movie. Yeah, and dude, what right? a what a, what a score in, in Eli Rich, dude. Because this dude is this character's, he is Steve Belmont, perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because he's such like, he's really reserved sometimes. And then he's like fucking nuts. Yes. Right. And when he goes crazy, it's fucking awesome because he gets fucking crazy. Oh, the facial expressions, like the dude, can, yeah. it, the dude sells the whole thing on his face alone. There's scenes where you're just like, holy shit, this guy is so believable, and all he's doing is something with his eyes or some shit. You're like, dude, that's yeah. spooky. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Every time he says the word "fucking," he's crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus. Great point. So uh, why don't I play the trailer that really doesn't tell you that much, and then we'll get into the movie. Murder. Brutal. Violent. Vicious. With no apparent motive. These are words we dread to read or hear in the media. These words describe the handiwork of the most insidious and evil of criminals. The so-called serial killer. This type of killer is hard to catch. Some are never caught. Why? How can they murder with such impunity? Where do they hide? The answer, in plain sight. This is Steve Belmont, trusted and upstanding member of his community, respected by his family and friends. He has just one hobby. Honored and loved, decent, kind, with one pastime. Outstanding member of his church, the man any mother would want for her daughter. Loving, caring, the ideal boyfriend, husband, lover. Deeply passionate, tender, 
gentle. Why don't I ring for the butler? He can bring us some drinks and we can toast Steve Belmont, a man more concerned with self-sacrifice than self-gain. A Christian in the truest sense of the word. sexual psychopath, the sexual urge becomes twisted and fuses with the violence of murder. A killer is born. Until caught, whole cities can be swept with panic. Some call him a maniac. Some call him the devil. This is the face of a monster. Okay, so that is quite the trailer, right? It doesn't really tell you what the movie's about, but it's still cool. Yeah, a lot of cool music. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, the score to this movie is cool, so why would the trailer be any different, That's man? Right. So before we start, why don't you give us a synopsis that you prepared? All right. You said you, get, you had two, right? I had two this week. I came with, the, uh, okay. I came with some uh, ideas here. So you got, right, you, you tell go. me which one you think is the better. Steve Belmont seems like your average good guy, but a monster lurks in the shadows of this madman's double life. So that was the uh, the first one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. This one's a little more good. artistic, I think. So. All right. All right. <laughs> Let me hear it. Let me hear it. The sands of the Mojave couldn't cover the crimes of the Sunday school's teacher, Steve. His two worlds come crashing down when the murder lust becomes too much to handle. <laughs> that was a good one too, man. Yeah. You're getting better at this. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm, like, I'm sitting here See? like looking in the mirror, practicing every day to myself. So, yeah, yeah. Staying I think off. you beat me. I think you still beat oh, me. Boy, all right. Let's see. A psychosexual killer is loose in L.A., murdering prostitutes and young women. The cause of death: strangulation. See. I don't know if it's your delivery, but I like that a lot, man. So you got the delivery down, so I think you might take it on that alone. I I just I think they're all good. Yeah. I think they're all good. Home I think we're gonna week. try something. I think we're gonna try something after we're finished with the movie. <laughs> I wish I never said anything. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're gonna have some time to think about it, but we're gonna try something else. We're gonna just keep. We're trying to be creative here, right? <laughs> right? We're on the ball. <laughs> Maybe somebody will use it one day for like a Blu-ray release or some shit. My dream will become true. So, let's talk about this movie. Well, let's go through it. So, 
we get like a title card and it smash cuts the Steve Belmont in like this bar, right? In like this trucker bar, it looks like. Um, Drinking with the boys. With his, yeah, he's with all his friends. They're like checking out a prostitute that's like hanging out by the payphone. And he like reluctantly goes and talks to her, right? He's kind of weird about it at first. But he basically says like, go meet me out by my car at twenty in like 20 minutes, right? Like we're going to like we're, we're going to. We're gonna do something. He says the weirdest and, uh, fucking line to her when he first meets her. Right here, maybe this. I'm not a cop, baby. I'm the dog. Yes. I punish people. Kinky, huh? Might say I'm a special kind of customer with special kind of needs. See? Yeah. So I know what you're thinking, man. So weird. Oh my god, dude. It's such a creepy line. Like who would start a line like that? I just loved it. Yeah, yeah. And he like offers her like extra money and all this shit and he says like meet me at my van in twenty minutes and his van is like this black like child molester, like blacked out windows and everything. You ruined it so, because you called it a child molester van because dude, I really fucking want that van. So Oh my god. <laughs> that van dude, is cool unless as you're fuck. the unless you're the A team, you shouldn't be driving a van like that. <laughs> I think a guy like me looks like I deserve to like, yeah. drive a van like that. You would get pulled over daily. Please Hell do not yeah, get I one of those. Did. <laughs> so um let's describe steve a little bit before we go on because it's pretty it's pretty funny to like after you hear the shit that's gonna be going on in this movie like the way this guy looks he's got like a mustache he's got a comb over right he's not really like stylish he's just kind of blue collar right, guy he's a blue collar worker he's a security guard and he teaches sunday school he's like real kind of He's got like a greasy factor to him, right? Yeah, but like, a little bit of he a also has that wholesome, wholesome thing going on too, because of the whole like Sunday school teacher and like he's very well respected by all the church that's members. The, dude, that's part of the act, man. That's all well, part of the obviously, act. Obviously, we know that. So, <laughs> so apparently, uh, his friends are going to somebody else's house to continue the party, but he's like, "Nah, I'm alright. I'm gonna go home." And they ask him about the. The prostitute, and he's like, "Oh, she was too too much for me, right? Yeah. Too rich for my taste, or some shit." He's like, "Why can I have that when I could get it for free?" And then they yeah, bust yeah, his balls yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, the hooker does meet Steve outside, and uh, we get a couple funny lines here. I mean, not really funny, but uh, she says to him something that is kind of foreshadowing the rest of the film. I know guys like you. You, know, you can't get it done unless you got somebody tied up and half scared to death. That's true, right? Damn. Did you say that's true? Damn. So she actually gives Steve his money back. And she, he, I guess he like doubles it or something. He's like, oh, I'll give you like a hundred bucks or something. Finally convinces her. Yeah, yeah. And she goes along with it and she gets in his car and he's like, oh, no, not here. We got to go somewhere else. Like, look, people are all going out. And she agrees to go somewhere else, too. Half the time. Here's one. Like, I'm not this isn't like victim blaming, but like, don't get in like random guys cars. And if they try to go no somewhere other than the location yeah. that you're in, first of all, get the hell out of the vehicle. This goes for anybody. Yeah. Don't don't talk to strangers. 
a couple times. People just get in the van. Why are you just? Why are you getting in this van? Don't be a prostitute van either, male or female. Don't be a gigolo. Don't be a prostitute. Whatever they call them. Don't be them. Well, do what you do what you want to do, but don't get into van. Don't get into a blacked anybody. out. I'm just saying, like, yeah. <laughs> don't get into a blacked out van ever. <laughs> There's dangers. If you're gonna do it, take precautions. You know, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So she has a really funny line. To Steve when she takes the money from him she says uh, looks like I'm not the only sucker around here <laughs> I was like oof that's a good line <laughs> yeah that uh, you know for heat. a prostitute yeah. yeah she brought the heat and uh, Steve also keeps mentioning her kid for some reason right like oh you got kids yeah he's hung he's up kid. about that shit yeah it's really weird and you think they're gonna lead to like maybe a backstory with him but they don't they just drop you right in Right, no backstory about Steve, you know, nothing about him, only what you see in front of you. Yeah, and I think this is just kind of building, like, showing that he has a general just distaste for females, especially females who, you know, might have a child that they're not too fond of. Because she kind of talks, like, shit about the kid, like, you know, she's not too fond of yeah, him and stuff. Yeah, she's kind of mean so, about like, it, yeah. That pretty much kind of, like, sets that fire for him that, you know, it's... To him, I think maybe maybe like might be a church thing because he's like kind of like a holy roller. Maybe that like you know she's not a good person, she's not a good mother kind of thing that like might set him off a little bit more. Yeah, well, you never know. He's a fucking psychopath. So she kind of makes fun of him, right, for not being able to get it up. Yeah, and this like this like fucking infuriates him. He goes crazy, which is a common thing her. throughout the whole film. I mean, he's pretty much impotent, is what like he's, they're getting at by this. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's actually pretty fucked up, right? Like, the attack, it's super real looking. It's really, yeah, and it's not like this movie's bloody or anything. It's just really like, it's kind of like how Henry, portrait of a serial killer, like, you don't really see them killing people, really. Only that one, really like the home invasion and things like that, but, like, it's implied of what happened. Yeah. Uh, You see more in this movie. I mean, you do see more in this than you would see in Henry, but... This is like that kind of movie that you're like, man, this is like a really fucking icky movie, but there's no gore. It's just like the implied, you know, manifested anger of this person and like the implications of why he's doing it is what makes you just feel really shitty when you're watching it. So it's like it pulls off all those things that a really gory movie could do without being really gory. Yeah. And he eventually like either... they kind of make a snapping sound like he broke her neck right yeah when they're they're pulling that string or like the uh, the grotto yeah yeah and uh he kills her and he brings her out to the desert and that's where he's dumping his bodies how far I wonder how far like south you have to go from like LA like how long is that drive it's probably good LA to like that oh it's probably a good like hour or two I don't know. I was I was in like uh, Santa Clara, that area. Was that uh, San Jose, like over there? Uh, oh yeah, and yeah. I didn't see no fucking desert out there. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I love the desert shots in this movie. Um, they he, they say that they they picked the location just because it, you feel so isolated in the spot that they picked there because there is nothing around. And they actually yeah. got like a helicopter, which is crazy. Yeah, for this to get to some show aerial the shots, and it it's beautiful aerial work. Yeah. So the next day we see Steve. He's at church. Apparently, he's a Sunday school teacher, 
Who would have thought? And yeah, right. all the kids in his class are total pieces of shit. Uh, the one girl, Debbie, who's like a troublemaker, she's especially shitty. And she like drew a picture of him. It looks like he's pissing, right? Yeah, pissing or like, co- I mean, I mean, jerking off or something to that effect, I guess. Yeah. But yo, yeah. dude, and inc- guess her age. How old is that girl? She's got to be like 20. Yeah, dude, she's 23. And they dressed wow. and they dressed her down to look like a, a middle schooler with all these other kids. So, and I guess oh, those kids that's... are actual like Sunday school kids, kids who they just were like, "Hey, do you guys want to be in this movie with us and shit?" And they like were like, "Yeah, sure, let's be in this movie." That's fucked up. <laughs> so she gets uh, she gets sent down to the office, and she's like, "Oh, what's the big deal? It's just a picture of a big prick like you." <laughs> such it's a like, good wow, line. where do you yeah, where do you know that from? Where Which makes it even that? funnier is that like because of the fact that those were just Sunday school kids sitting there. There's yeah, another little girl like, who is like comes back. She's like, she's right, you know. And I'm like, dude, yeah, that's just yeah. some little punk ass girl. That's awesome. And this isn't even like regular school. This is legit Sunday school. Yeah. Like this is optional. And this is like the, the this is the writer's church, like that he goes to, I guess. And like they let him shoot the fucking footage there and everything. Wow. Yeah. Why? Who would have thought? <laughs> so Steve goes and he talks to Debbie's father, and he shows him the picture. And the dad is like super like submissive immediately, right? He's just oh, I don't know. He's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's or he's a, just a bad actor. I don't know. He has a kind of a bad uh, actor. He had a cool mustache though. When Debbie's about to leave, Steve has a strange line here. I'm sorry, Mr. Belmont. That's all right, Debbie. As long as you always remember who is in control. You'll stay out of trouble. See, like, oh, what? The, and the guy even says, like, what the fuck's that mean? He's like, oh, God's in control. Oh, God. Who else? Who <laughs> else did you think I was talking about? <laughs> this guy is is a smooth operator, man. Super smooth operator. All the delivery that uh, Eli gives Steve in this movie is so, like, almost calming. Like, he's such yeah. a, a, a mild-mannered person. Almost monotone. And, and yeah, it's, very monotone. And I think that's what makes the snaps so jarring. It's that you're like used to this person being so, like, like, you know, very, very easy going and shit. And then it's just like, boom, lights out. And like a whole yep. different person comes out. So right after this, we get some awesome fucking music. Big stab. This is sick, dude. This is sick, man. Heavy, heavy sin. This is really cool to me. Yeah, the bass dab makes it for me. I love that. So, uh, so Steve rolls up to his place uh, with a another prostitute, right? And she goes into his room and she starts getting changed. And a, a common theme in this movie is like he'll go into the other room and go quiet for a second, right? Like he's talking himself up. Yeah. I guess I don't know what he's doing, right? He's pumping himself up, that's for sure. And, like, the cool thing... Oh, no, go ahead. No, 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 you can say what you're saying. Well, like, go we were just saying, like, this part's coming up here where he's, like, you know, he's he's taking a moment, um, and she's dancing around, and, you know, she's taking her clothes off. Super 80s. Yeah, she's got right, a big hair. Really bad song on. 
And when he comes in, he's like changes the song immediately. He's like, put some new music on. And I just love like the lyrics that really stand out in that song. I think are kind of I don't know if it's in t- it might be intentional, but it's cool because like the lyrics go killing me to know the real you. And I thought that was so cool to have this like, you know, this scene of her about to die with those lyrics going over top of it. It was just kind of like yeah. very yeah. meaningful. It was awesome. The so song is she ends as up, fuck. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. So she ends up getting strangled by Steve in front of a super 80s looking fucking poster. <laughs> yeah, was... A flaming black light. No, it's a flaming tiger black light poster. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. Right? That Jesus Christ. What yeah, that's one on his die. door, too, in the living room. It's like a knight yeah. like riding a horse yeah. with like a big mace and shit. It's so cool. Hell yeah. So we get a knock at the door, and who is it but his cousin and neighbor neil this character i actually enjoy he reminds me of sheldon from uh big bang Theory. oh totally yeah and he's like a comic relief that kind of like this this needed a little bit so yeah he's he's talking about how he has to do laundry and like he lent steve some fucking towels and he's like oh i need those towels but listen to how he speaks he this is just like a little excerpt from their conversation come on let's go just get out more like you're on your period. <laughs> Listen, the next time I lend these things to you, be sure you get them back to me. Yeah, don't worry about it. Goodbye, Neil. So, like, he has this real weird, like, cadence to his voice, and just his tone in general is very strange, but it's... he's He is, like, comic relief, but not really making jokes. He's also right? the assistant director of this film, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool to know. The dude's name is Dennis Gannon. And he's in like a bunch of these guys' other films too. He was actually in a movie in 2015 that these guys did, which I, I want to check out. So that's got to be cool. Really? Yeah. They, What's the name of that? Do you know uh, the name? I can't remember off the top of my head. I just saw it on IMDb, but I was like, no shit. They just, he plays like a reverend, I think. And I'm like, dude, that has that's to be fine. awesome if he plays a reverend. So the next day, I guess it is. Uh, Steve is bringing out a giant trash can, right? It's really heavy. He's got it on a hand truck and Neil's outside and uh, he kind of asks Neil for a little help here. What's in the can, Goose? <laughs> I, like, I like that he calls him Goose. I got trash. trash, Neil. A lot of trash. Where are you going with it? <sighs> to the dump. To the dump, Neil. Today is Sunday. Yeah, I got a place. I got a special place. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, you're taking trash? Well, listen, I've yeah. got some in my place. No, no, I don't have any room, Neil. Do me a favor. Get on the other end. Push, will you? Push, cut- Neil. I've been cutting flowers. I'm not trusted with Neil, get on there and push. <laughs> what the hell do you have It's in trash, there? Neil. It's filled with trash. Now get on there trash. and push. Come on. <laughs> And, like, keep in mind, there's, like, a dead prostitute's body in this trash can, right? <laughs> yeah, and I love this just because it's, like, I feel like this is real shit. Not necessarily, like, this scenario, but this is, like, real shit that a serial killer would have to, to deal with. You have a, a dead prostitute in your apartment now. You have to take her to the desert without people seeing you with a dead prostitute. Yeah, so yeah. Like you got a trash can. Like, it's just... But it's a funny way of showing it. But it's like, I like that these are real situations that he would have to fucking deal with. You know, it's a really good, uh, like, insinuation of a body being disposed of. The end of Henry... When, like, he gets out of the car and takes the luggage out of the car and leaves it on the side of the road. Yeah, I, that's... It's, it's like, it's it's Otis's sister. That's a great implication whoever, like, of a body yeah. being, you know, discarded of... A suitcase in a bag, or a body in a suitcase is just, like, there's something creepy about it anyways. So that scene does kind of have that, like, jarring effect as well. You're like, oh, shit, dude. And, like, yeah, they, leave that they bitch found... There. 
They found one of those by my, uh, well, where I live now. They found one. For the fucking Pretty mafiosos, boy. Yeah. You crazy <laughs> the shit. the M13, crazy that's shit. what I know. Uh, yeah. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, we get this actually throughout the whole film. The van actually has its own theme music, right? And it's pretty cool. It sounds like a, like a Super Nintendo. Oh, it totally does. Uh, you know, soundtrack to a game. And we usually hear this when he's going out to the desert or he's creeping for women, right? Yeah, this is like the, the shit's about to go down theme. Yeah, nothing nothing good happens when you hear this. And he's going out to the uh, desert. We see the helicopter shots of the van. And like you said, that's really cool. And it must have cost a, quite a bit amount of money to do that, right? Yeah, and I guess the guy who was like the... the it was actually the writer who filmed this for the director. Because I guess the writer did a lot of like the camera work for it. And he was scared out of his fucking mind, dude. He was, like, terrified the whole time. But I was like, the filming he did is so great. So at least he wasn't yeah. shaky and stuff because it looks beautiful. So here is something that you see how fucked up this guy is. He uh, starts pissing on the body after he dumps it. There's, like, a basically a, a mass grave of these prostitutes, and he's pissing on it. And he just says... Uh, like, oh, God, I love the desert. And then there's, like, a pause and everything, and he goes, right, girls? <laughs> it's like, wow. That scene is so powerful. And, like, I, yeah. just take note of that line, I love the desert. I think that is so important to this movie. I, I It yeah. comes up in the end that I think is, is really yeah. kind of cool. So apparently Steve's behind on rent, right? This is kind of like a subplot to the film. And he... Uh, you know, he has to deal with his landlord and the landlord says something really funny to him when he comes to try to collect the check. He says like, oh, he's talking about the three biggest lies ever told. Classic. Three biggest lies in the world. I'll always love you. I won't come in your mouth. And the check. <laughs> <laughs> I've always loved that shit, dude. That is so funny. That is quite the line. Those are quite the, uh, the lies that is I guess. such an 80s True. fucking saying dude like that is, is so cliche relevant? very relevant still all three <laughs> all three <laughs> hold up so steve gets a call from the sunday school guy right they need to talk to him they're like yo man we gotta have a meeting about something i wouldn't be worried about it but we gotta like kind of take care of this now and he's also apparently a security guard at some sort of college stadium right yeah, that's what it, it looks it, like. It's a stadium, me. yeah. That, that that was probably a good call. I could never figure it out. So he goes to work, and his boss calls him something incredibly funny. So I just, I'm just gonna play this. All right, all right. I know I'm late. Well, well, Dinglemont, what's the excuse this time? <laughs> Don't call me. Was your wake up call late? You gotta wait for breakfast in bed, right? Just a minute, Dinglemont. Dinglemont. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you could see that they don't have the best relationship and Steve is apparently always late for work and he's finally getting written up this is his second write up and on the third you're out three strikes and you're out so now we get something that I love we hear a radio broadcast right I knew you and, as soon as they had a radio yeah, broadcast I'm like hell God, yeah. Mike's gonna love this I'm playing the whole thing for you here you go 
Hey gang, Mad Manville coming at you from QTLA. We still have a half-hour commercial-free rockhead, so don't go anywhere. That last song was Behind the Door by the Ambassadors of Now. Can you believe those lyrics? It's killing me to know the real you. Hey, I'm telling you, it's killing L.A. to know the real Mojave murderer. Wow. How about that? Nine bodies found in one place. And Damn. And this. They were all ladies of the night. I can see it now. He said I want a date. <laughs> I guess they got all choked up when they saw his equipment. <laughs> so Steve is out searching for women now. And you see like a montage of like a woman on her bike, right? Like somebody walking down the street. And he passes by somebody that's broken down in a car. And eventually he stops, kind of hits reverse. Goes out with his like Hawaiian shirt on or whatever he's got, and it's actually, look, yeah. we just caught up. Yeah, it's a perfect time. And uh, <laughs> he starts talking to this woman, and she agrees to go with them, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'll use a ride. And she's like, oh, like, I trust you. Yeah, she's instantly comfortable with him, suspiciously. Yeah, yeah. It, like, suspiciously com- like comfortable. Yeah. And even he's kind of a little weirded out by it. But here, look, this is what she says. No, I knew I could trust you. You don't know why, do you? Oh, I don't know why. Uh, why? Should I? Why? I don't think I'll tell you. I think I'll give you a little time to figure it out. So she kind of doesn't mention anything for a while. And Steve's like, oh, uh, before I bring you home, I got to go pick something up. Uh, you mind if we go over there? And she's really nice about it. She's like, yeah, sure, fine. She trusts them. So, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> She, so they they get to this parking lot and she's like, "Oh, it looks like we missed them. It's a completely empty parking lot." <laughs> and eventually, she comes out with, "Like, yeah, you want to know why I trust you?" And he's like, "Yeah, whatever." And he, she goes, "Oh, the church. I know you from the church. Apparently, like she had a crush on him. Like she went to school there." And all this shit, right? It's really strange. The age difference must be huge. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. And it's it's a great thing, too, that happens in this scene. Because, like, she's, like, you know, leading up to telling him. And as she's, like, leading up to this, you see him, like, kind of looking for, you know, a way to kill her. And he reaches back and he finds, like, a, a, a tire iron. And he's pulling it up. And as soon as she says church, he, like, bangs the tire iron because he's, like, startled by what she oh, says. Yeah, and she's like, like, oh, I got to... He's like, I got to return What's this to my for? friend or something yeah. and shit. I'm just like, this is so funny because like he's obviously caught like red handed, but still is able to like play it off. He's like a master manipulator of the situation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Or I think she's just really gullible and kind of stupid. She trusts him. So <laughs> Steve ends up actually bringing her home. Wow. Yeah. She survived for now. In the nick of time, dude. She just, she said that church line just in time. So we get a really awesome shot here. Steve making the scrapbook of all the newspaper clippings about the Mojave murderer. Yep. Right? I love in any movie where there's like the newspaper clipping scrapbook or you know somebody's collect even in like the Halloween films you'll see all the like the Michael Myers newspaper clippings on the wall and shit. You're a big memento fan? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not actually. Yeah, good cuz the movie's horrible. <laughs> so here we see why Steve gets called into that meeting. And apparently Debbie accused Steve of touching her inappropriately. And everybody is like, ah, this is bullshit. They immediately discredit this child, which is oh, very yeah. like the Catholic Church. So that was very accurate. But he did, in fact, not touch her inappropriately. 
and after he kind of pleads his case and everybody else is a character witness for him Debbie's dad basically says like no like you're right and just the way that he says all this shit is just so weird my daughter's such a vicious liar she'll do anything to destroy a person's life I'm sorry Steve the trouble my family's caused you consider it forgotten and please do tell Debbie that I forgive her and that I sincerely wish that she continues coming to church on Sunday. Your forgiveness is far more than she deserves. Right, like that's so fucking dude, this strange. About to go home and like Benoit's whole family, dude. He is like totally yeah. messed up from this. Lost it. <laughs> so apparently also Steve is up for some sort of promotion at this Sunday school where they're going to make him the head of this youth ministry thing and he's gonna get like a full-time job there and he's kind of like pumped about this right he's really looking forward to it yeah and we uh (laughs) we find out at steve's security job that he got into an altercation with a woman right and here is the woman's description of what happened. He threw me up against my car. He physically? Physically threw me up against the car. That's a lie. And he said... <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> I hope someone like the Mojave murderer gets you, you bitch. <laughs> and uh, as soon as they go, it's like the boss and the union rep talking. And as soon as they go into the other room to discuss what's going on, Steve turns to her and says this. You're dead. What did you say? I said you're one dead bitch. (laughs) Joe! It's so ballsy. Like, the boss is in, like, the other room right there. He could have easily have heard him, and he's just like, I'm getting my point across. He just turns off all emotion and just says it to her. Like a true fucking serial killer. Yeah, he really kills it. Yeah, and Steve gets fired. That's it. He's out of a job. So Steve goes to see Neil about borrowing some money. And Neil does, in fact, lend him money. But there's one requirement. He has to work at the grocery store, right? He has to be the custodian at the grocery store. Yeah. So uh, Steve is driving around again. And he spots like a high school girl, it looks like, right? Walking down the street. And Steve gets out asks for directions then pulls over again and then asks her like hey you want to be a model you ever think about modeling he's even got a and fake this is where he's even got yeah, a fake business card that's like the true yeah, psychopath somebody else's, shit right there yeah he has somebody else's name on the business card and he's like smooth talks this girl into getting into the car right and going back to his place he calls him say he calls himself frank gargon he gives him like yeah. the, the Frank Gargon business card for model photography. You know? <laughs> smooth. And they go back to his apartment and he gives her wine in like a glass, which the last time I drank wine out of a glass <laughs> like that, it was like one of those giant plastic Nathan's cups. <laughs> and I drank the whole, I chugged the whole thing and oh, I threw it right back up. I bet you did. It was, it was only in me for maybe about five <laughs> seconds and the whole thing just projectile vomited. Yummy. Uh, yeah. You know, so, the funny thing though is that this girl in this scene, this like high school girl, is the director or the writer of this uh, James C. Lane. It's his little sister, and she was like Jesus. stoked to do it. And I was like, dude, that's kind of a weird fucking thing to make your little sister. Yeah, especially do. this part. Yeah, very. Yeah, weird. as you're gonna see. <laughs> so Steve goes like, "Hold on, I'm gonna go into the other room and set up my cameras. I'll be with you in a second. 
and she's like trying to talk to him and he doesn't answer. He just goes silent. And eventually she gets freaked out and goes to call her mom. And he comes in like, you fucking bitch. Mm -hmm. He's like super aggressive and he puts a gun to her head, right? And he uh, basically makes her get on her knees and he still got the gun to her head and she's like saying mom or something and he goes mom mom's dead uh, you want to you want to join her he's like super fucked up and eventually he fucking strangles her right and, and it's a great what i liked about this strangulation in particular of this movie is you get that pov shot of like where she's on her back and you're looking up at him strangling her as if you're her and it's just like the rage and like all the facial expression this guy is putting into it comes out and it's a it's yeah. a great thing you can do for really cheap that's really effective that they they did well and in it, this movie and it looks like he's gonna rape her and he just ends up killing her right because remember that's kind of not able to do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> So he brings her out to the desert and we see him after uh, after he dumps the body into the grave and he says this. God, that was great. Best since the first one. Thank you, whoever you were. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's another great see, like, line. It's like there's a little dark humor in this, right? It's, it's slightly dark. But it's kind of funny, like it's so ridiculous that you can't help but chuckle. And the, and the thing about and, the, uh, the the death of that girl, which I, th which kind of like you know gives me the idea that this guy is really still you know beholden to his religious convictions and stuff like that. Is as he's like killing that girl, as soon as she dies, he like uh, repeats like that that shadow of death prayer. Like to himself yeah, out yeah. loud. It's a really cool scene too. So like, yeah, he he has that in him, that like whole religious bound thing to him. So it, it's really two different people you're dealing with. Yeah. So we see the newspaper clipping of the girl, right? And I like that this is a, a like an ongoing thing in the film that keeps showing you like the pieces of newspaper that he's putting into the book. And Cheryl is the girl from before, the one that was broken down from the church. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, she sees Steve at church and apparently her mom is like the main church lady that he's been dealing with. Right. We've seen her in the, in the film, like in the beginning of the movie, he's, he's talking to her Small world. and this is, yeah, small world. And they invite him to dinner and they're like, Oh, like come over at five. Who the fuck eats dinner at five. I, I ate dinner. Oh, you. I ate dinner at five. That's so I? strange. That's so strange. You eat dinner at like midnight, dude. Get off my ass. <laughs> That's so weird. Five o'clock. That's nuts. Average man. dinner time for me is is like six o'clock. I start making it yeah? around five. Yeah. Damn. I think that's average dinner. T okay. People tell me in my fucking DMs on Instagram what time you eat dinner so that Mike can shut up because I think he's Us weird for eating at like nine o'clock. Us blue collar workers don't have that uh, luxury of being home like you, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm home all the time. I'm not working my ass So Steve apparently gets this position also. He's going to be like the main dude for like the crisis center, the teen crisis center. And also Steve and Cheryl make out, right? Things are getting hot and steamy. So there's, yeah, things are getting hot and steamy. And know what this really reminded me of? Like the whole thing in Maniac. 
Oh, this is a right? lot like of maniac he, vibe to it. Right? This is like a what would you what would you call this? Like a West Coast maniac, maybe without the real gore. Yeah, and uh, but it's like it's definitely a West Coast maniac because, like you know, the whole New York City, Los Angeles comparison. Uh, and I think that it achieves the same thing maniac does without the gore, which I think is a pretty hard thing to accomplish because maniac yeah, is like fantastic. It, it feels like super sleazy, right? Oh, it's very what other, sleazy. What other slashers do you think are like that? Boarding House? Uh, boarding House is a little... Sl- it's got that sleaze factor to it. I, I know, I'm uh, always like looking at the tapes like, oh, what do I think is, uh, is yeah. really that? Uh, this, the Satan Killer? Satan Killer. Like a, Blood Shack like has a, a little bit of that sleaziness to it with the Nixon guy being kind of kind of a sleaze ball. Wait, though, that's uh, Horror this, House I'm thinking of. There's a lot of them. There's there's a lot more out there, right? Yeah. There's, there's Even movies. like Skinned Alive. That's one. <laughs> so apparently Steve has to meet with uh, Ed Eubanks, who sounds like he's a talk. That's like a talk show host or like a game show host, right? It's totally that kind of uh, name. And he's the guy that's actually funding this position that he's filling. And apparently Steve has all these fake diplomas that he's been handing in to with his resume. And Neil finds this out. He's like, hey, man, what are you doing with these? When the fuck did you go to college? You went to Cortland. Right. When yeah, is that what it said? Yeah, Cortland, baby. Wow, Upstate. look at him. <laughs> so, when Steve's on the interview with Ed Eubanks, he actually slips up with like the amount of time it took him to get his degree. And the dude agrees anyway. He doesn't seem to give a shit. So, what can you do? Yeah, uh, so, Steve does what any guy would do. He goes right to Neil and he quits his fucking job. He's like, fuck you, man. I don't <laughs> yeah, need this. I'm going to do this I anymore. Quit. <laughs> and, uh,. They even put his name on the office door, right? It's a big deal. So, like, to him. this shit is going, yeah, this shit is going down. It's for real. It's set in stone now. And Cheryl and Steve are having a date, right? They go to like his office and they're going to bang, but Steve can't get it up and he flips out, right? He calls her selfish. No, he like, totally storms off her. to the bathroom. Yeah, total psycho yeah, shit. He, he gets so weird about this shit. And uh, he goes to the bathroom and. He comes back and he's like a, a completely different person, right? And Cheryl's actually outside talking to Debbie, who's the girl from before. She like ran away. Yep. And as soon as Steve comes outside, Debbie runs away. Yeah, she's like, fuck this, she sees I'm him, out. She recognizes him and is like, yeah, this is bad news. And it's kind of weird because Steve immediately is like, all right, like, I'm going to bring you home. Like, go home. And then when they get back, uh, when they get to her house, she's like, oh, you want to come inside for, you know, coffee or what? He goes, she's like, no, I'm going to go home. Not so Steve's it. got, Steve's got something in mind. He's thinking about something. Mm-hmm. He has, uh, he has bigger so, fish to fry at this moment. Yeah. So Steve goes back to the school and he's walking around. He's got a flashlight and who does he find? He finds Debbie. Little right? Debbie. So, yeah, little Debbie <laughs> sleeping under the teacher's desk. And he's kind of, re- he's being really cool to her. Like, oh, like you come stay the night at my house, but you got to be gone by tomorrow. I'll give you something to eat, but like you got to make a decision by morning. Yeah. And she's like, oh, like I, if I would have known you were a decent guy, I wouldn't have given you such a hard time, right? <laughs> such a little bitch, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, she agrees. 
and she walks out and as he goes to walk out what's he doing pulling the rope out of his pocket right and right after this we see the newspaper with the little girl's name and face on it right yep. put it like right next nice to the other teen, victim yeah like teen found right pretty fucked up so like he's got quite the scrapbook now and this shows that he's not just going after prostitutes. He's going after really anybody at this point, right? He really can't control it anymore. Yeah, I mean, if it was what? If it was nine during the newscast that they'd found in the desert and he's killed two more since then. So he's at, yeah, dude. He's at 11. And who, and who knows how much more they, you know, how he, many more are out there? Because he, he says like, oh, it's, it's just like the first time. When was the first time? Yeah, he got that first high. He's a true serial killer. Yeah, you can't kill people like this anymore. It's not the same. No. Well, we had the Long Island serial killer out here. Is that your big one that you guys have from your area? No. Well, we had, um, let's see, there's the Long Island uh, serial killer, and then we had uh, Joel Rifkin. Rifkin, yeah, the Seinfeld episode. The next, How could I forget Joel Rifkin? <laughs> yeah, next town over. That's the next, That's the town, next over. town over. No shit. Yeah. So yeah. for like us here, like, and it's kind of funny because I even had a band because I was that kind of a badass kid who liked, you know, death metal and naming your shit after... Edgy. Serial, yeah, super edgy. Uh, we had this dude, Arthur Shawcross, who was known as the Bicycle Path Rapist uh, out of, like, Rochester. I grew up in between Buffalo and Rochester. And there's, like, a, there's like actually, like, current interviews with that guy in jail and shit, and he is the creepiest old man you could ever fucking imagine. So we thought it was a great idea to name our band after that guy, so... Not a, not a good idea. No, probably not. <laughs> Such idiots, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> I give you an F. Thanks, Fail. dude. <laughs> so Steve and uh, Cheryl are out to lunch the next day, and they're talking about what happened because Debbie feel uh, Debbie's death made Cheryl feel like she was responsible, like she should have did something. They could have helped her, and Steve is super cold about it. Cheryl, the girl was a con artist. Couldn't you tell that? She went out into the street alone. She knew the dangers were there. She just figured she could go out and handle them on her this own. fucked up. I think she was a little surprised when she found out that she couldn't. Damn, Steve. <laughs> Damn, Steve. <laughs> what does that mean? And she, like, looks at him like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. And... Uh, he's like, no, no, I don't. I think I, I think I said that wrong. And she goes off on this shit about how, like, oh, you ever hear people saying, like, oh, we're in a society. She literally says that. We're guilty because we're part of society, Steve. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah, me neither. We're not living in a society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So she tells him, like. I think it's a bad idea for this teen outreach thing to be open because this is just like a like a spot for him to camp out and just kill these people when they come. Which is why she, he wants the job. <laughs> yeah, well, she goes to fucking Ed Eubanks and tells him and he shuts the project down till the killer is found and he flips the fuck out. Steve, you're scaring me. What am I supposed to do? You had to interfere, didn't you? You know I quit a job to be the head of that unit. Aren't you being a little selfish? Doesn't the safety of the kids come first? Leave it to a woman to fuck things up. So he's like super misogynist throughout this. He's, you know, 
He's he's just a piece of shit. But How often do you get such good acting in such low budget films? He, I agree. The line delivery is, and if you could, if, I recommend you obviously watch this movie immediately. Um, but man, like if you could see this this scene and the the switch from him finding out that she just ruined everything for him, it's like the lights just went off on this guy's head, and it's just like the face goes and like. It's just pure anger, and I'm like, damn, this guy is like, I, I believe that this guy might actually be a fucking lunatic. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and the writing of this is super good because he thought out a ton of shit here. So Steve calls uh, Cheryl's mom and says, like, oh, we got into a fight. She left. When you see her, tell her that I'm really sorry, like, and all this shit. Basically playing off that like she's not with him right now. He's setting up an alibi for himself. It's such a smart way to write that. Yeah. And he goes back to the uh, back to the table and he's back to old Steve, right? Normal Steve. All calm and collected. And he's like, let's go for a drive. And then he has the line about the desert again. We can go to my favorite place. Where's that? The desert. What the hell's out there? Peace. Oh shit Foreshadowing right And he pulls in You know they're driving through the desert And he pulls to like the middle of nowhere And he stops And he starts fucking beating her up right He starts getting really crazy with her And he admits something that we knew But she didn't Remember when we first met Why are you doing this I was gonna kill you That's right you've heard of the Mojave murder I killed all of them. Even that girl, Debbie. She was the best one of them all. Jesus Christ. Hurt you. I'm going to blow your fucking head off. Like, his acting is crazy. Delivery. He's awesome. God damn, Yeah. Dude. It's so natural. It's so natural. It's awesome. So he really attacks her like fucking crazy with the rope. And she bites his neck, takes a fucking huge bite. And this gets her loose. And she grabs the gun that was on the console and he starts backing up and she shoots him right she shoots him a couple times she's like i'll kill you for all the people that you killed or whatever and they're in the middle of nowhere and uh she basically just leaves him right so dude and when when he gets out of the van she shoots him again in the leg and the leg shot looks really good on screen yeah but it fucked him up in real life. He had to go to the hospital, like because he ended up getting burns on his leg. They used the wrong oh, kind shit. of like effect that they weren't supposed to use for that, and it like so like the pain you see him in in that scene is legitimate. He took for the real, shot. yeah, he got hurt pretty bad. We also get a really good shot here, Steve stumbling through the desert with like the um, the sun setting right over the mountain, and we finally see a bloody Steve. Just kind of lying there dead, right? And that's the end Just of the bloody. film. And it's it's the, yeah. the ending is beautiful fucking irony. Because in the beginning of the whole thing when he's ditching the bodies, he says the line, I love the desert. And the fucking dude ends up dying just like all, like being left in the desert, like all the bodies that he left out there himself. Well, she also says like, "Oh, what's in the desert?" And he says, "Peace." peace. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, so I didn't he's think finally about it that at peace, way. right? Oh, dude, that's there yeah, that's go. great. I love that. So, before we get to anything else, let's try this new Shit. thing. Shit. All right. <laughs> Bylines. 
right? Something that you would see on the VHS cover, right? Yeah. So let me give you an example. The one that's on there right now. Murder Lust. The serial killer. It could be anyone. It's great. It's a pretty good one. It's going to be hard to tell. Do you think you could come up with something similar? Better? I don't know if I could come up with something better than this one. This was actually a really, really good one. I've seen a lot of shitty ones on some tapes, but this one's pretty good. Um, let's let's give it a let's give it a try here. Let's go with uh, God, community, living a wholesome life. But no. really, no, it's too long already, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know that one. This was pretty long. The serial killer could be. In, I guess. All right, let me let me hear what you got. This is a tough thing to do. This is easy. This guy. You're you're at the end of his rope. Oh shit! See, yeah. <laughs> I might have took you today in the synopsis one, but you obviously have had this one ready. So you like that? That was, you like that? Dude, that that one actually might be better than what's on the uh, the box here Hell on the prison yeah. tape. Hell I will yeah. give you Hell that yeah. credit. So I have something to work for right. for next week. Hell yeah, dude! You could try. You could try. We'll see. <laughs> so. Why don't you give us your final thoughts and a rating on this one? All right. So this movie, obviously, I I really, really enjoy this. And there's a beef that I have with a lot of the critics that I see um, of this movie online. When you look it up, a lot of people will say that this is an unwatchable movie. It's nothing but like a female bashing misogynist, you know, the whole nine yards or whatever. And that is like the very surface level of this movie. If you watch this movie and are not paying attention... That's all you're going to get. But this is a beautiful look into like an actual serial killer. This is how I imagine things playing out for somebody in this role. So I don't think you should take it as a misogynist movie that is just, you know, a guy killing women the whole time. This is something much deeper. And I think when he wrote it, he had much bigger things in mind for this. Um, some of my favorite scenes, uh, I, I love... A lot of like the uh, just not even like the death scenes, but like the stuff with him in church and stuff where he's very manipulative and you can see how well of a manipulator he is because that plays a huge role in a lot of the the things that he's able to do and get away with. Um, My favorite death. uh, I do like that point of view strangulation. I think that's probably one of the best things in the movie. Um, I obviously will be giving this movie a five star uh, review. I have nothing, nothing bad to say about it. Doesn't need to be edited or anything. So, five out of five. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. Like the story makes sense. Everything is wrapped up. All the characters are good, right? Ninety nine percent of them are really well acted. Maybe like Debbie's dad is the only one that's kind of weird Just and stiff, weird. but it yeah. adds to it. It almost it's almost like you're watching a Lucio Fulci film. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, the Steve character is great, super realistic. That's the type of killer that you're going to find nowadays. Just going to be an average guy. It's not going to be a Freddy Krueger or a Michael Myers, right? It's just going to be a Henry or or a Steve Belmont, right? Yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) Uh, I really do think it's kind of like a West Coast maniac. Is it as fucked up? No, but it hits you on a different level, right? It's super aggressive. The way that... yeah, yeah, it's more realistic to me. Like this is more realistic than than Maniac. But I agree, five out of five. My favorite kill in this probably would have to be. Mm, 
I think my favorite kill is actually when Steve dies. That, I didn't. I, I wouldn't even consider that. That's actually a great. A great I like choice. that a lot, actually. Yeah, him that is like a great just choice. seeing him like lying there after walking through. He's been like the one in charge the whole time, and Cheryl basically makes him cry like a like a little, a little bitch. kid. Yeah, dude. It's that yeah, is a great, yeah. That is a great choice for that. I would it's not a have thought it's, of that, but yeah. It's really a revenge film too. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say about it. That that, that thank the, you for bringing that up, dude. Because when when I kept reading all those those reviews that were calling it, you know, bullshit for you know hating women, I was like, this is a fucking revenge film. Like in the end, yeah, the chick who was supposed to die fucking kills the serial killer. Like, what's not awesome about that? Yeah, the cops couldn't do it, but yeah, she could. That that's right? such a good thing. And I give this a 5 out of 5. If you can find this somewhere, please watch it. If you can get the DVD, I think it's streaming. It was on Amazon, uh, the, so I think it might be yeah. still. Buy the tape if you can. It's well worth it. It's cool as hell. Can you imagine so why that not? The, uh, the UK release of this was cut by two and a half minutes? What, what could you cut? That's what I'm saying. They cut it by two and a half minutes. Like, the, what movie would you watch at that point? Maybe the nudity. But that's only for like a 30 second, maybe even a minute. That's like, but there's not too much violence. I guess it's, I don't yeah. know. That's a hard I cut. I don't know. Maybe like him, like things like him pissing on the bodies. That's probably the stuff like that. that I imagine being cut. Yeah. Uh, it was a very hard time to get something uh, released out over there. Oh, yeah. They were with any sort shit, of dude. Yeah, dude. Fuck that. So, do you want to read the back of the box this week? I think I'm going to let you uh, give this one a stab. You got it in your hand already. All right, all right. All right. Stephen Belmont, the Sunday school teacher, handsome, the kind of man any mother would want her daughter to marry. Steve Belmont, the upstanding citizen. He gets his kicks in a strange way. He likes to abduct young women, terrorize them, kill them, and then dispose of their remains in the Mojave Desert. Stephen Belmont, the serial killer. He fooled an entire community. He's the guy next door. He could be the guy next door to you. Oh, such a great ending line. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. a lot of buildup, a lot of Steve Belmonts in there, but it paid off in the end. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely try to find this. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I think it's time we don't actually spin the wheel, but we're going to hit Jake and... Uh, tell you what's going on for next week. You see, the deal is, man, you gotta step up and spin that wheel. Once you spin it, where it stops, that's what you and I are gonna do. And what happens? Well, we both go in the ring. One man comes out. The other? <laughs> well, no. Okay, so this week's uh, wheel is going to be rigged 100% because we have a movie picked out for you, right? It is going to be our special 420 episode, and we have been uh, waiting for this movie in particular. I think it will fit the bill. Yeah, yeah. Um, we actually are pretty lucky to both own a copy of this film, Very or at least a version find. of this film, right? Yeah, the, the, the uh, what is it, Videatrix? Yeah, so we are going to do Toxic Zombies. Oh, I'm so fucking excited. They thought they were just killing some weeds. Instead, they grew a whole new kind of crop. Oh, man. So this is a 1980 zombie film. 
uh, pretty similar to things like what Bloodsuckers from Outer Space, right? Things like yeah, that. Yeah, it has that vibe to it. That's actually a really good comparison. If, if, if you've seen yeah. that, you're going to understand what this is kind of going for. And it's an early 80s movie, so it's not going to be too crazy. There is gore in it. Yeah, and it, it's, the, the effects are, are decent. I like the way that it's done in it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, why don't we play the trailer, if I could find one, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. And we got two million bucks worth of dope sitting in the ground. I ain't about to walk away from that. They must have found the dope growers. Exactly. That's why we have to move fast before they harvest their crop and disappear. You, uh, you're aware of this new herbicide called Dromax? Sure. It's the strongest stuff they found yet. Buy some spray from a crop duster. They get it worse than me. predator in these parts or was it uh these parts uh, tom somebody's out there mm -hmm. yeah yeah um that's very good jimmy you want to be a singer when you grow up in these woods all my life. I ain't never seen no cannibals. Okay, so Toxic Zombies. Uh, also, it kind of reminds me of um, Redneck Zombies a little bit. Sort of a similar feel. That's one. Of the, that's a similar feel one, to that. Right? The redneck. That's songs. an early. That's early, man. That's even like a trans world release. Oh really? No shit. I didn't know. Yeah, that. I, yeah. That's, that's early stuff. Yet. But this one, we felt because everybody's at home, and you know, whatever. So uh, we're gonna do toxic zombies next week. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Grizz, what did you watch? What did you get? What's going on, man? Well, You're quarantined I, at home. Yeah, I've been. What uh, are you doing? I, I'm buying a 
ton of fucking musical instruments lately because you know I'm wise to spend money right now. But uh, of course, I've been just I've been doing some trading and stuff, so I got some stuff coming in. I just got the uh, we watched Haunted Ween the other night with everybody, so that was super fun. Yes. That was the first time watch for me, and I got to tell you, dude, I fucking love that movie. Yeah, yeah Twitch Twitch.tv slash bad taste video. Yeah, it's so good. And like <laughs> we're gonna be doing a bunch of more of those, so so keep your, your eyes on our Instagram to get the times. We're having a lot of fun with it. We really appreciate all the commentary too that comes along with it. That's kinda why I like doing it, is to talk to you guys and hear some of the, the funny jokes and shit that you come up with. Um, hang out. Yeah, come hang out. It's a good time. Uh, I got that uh Garotica. Uh, that's gonna be something I haven't checked that one out yet. I got Newlywed Deads. I did watch that, and it's the Newly Deads. Oh, the Newly Deads. Yeah, sorry. And that is so fucking good, dude. I was telling you about it today. Um, yeah, lots of must watch. A lot of. I think that is. I don't think it was a trauma made movie, but I think it was a trauma produced or like you know distributed movie later on or whatever. City City Lights. City released. Lights is the dis- yeah, distributor of this uh, release, dude. So funny. It's about like a transvestite ghost that comes back for revenge, and it's it's <laughs> fucking wild. So definitely check that one out. Um, other than that, I don't know. I've just been playing a bunch of stupid video games with your ass and kind of hanging out yeah. and working still. So knock on wood, I get to keep yeah. doing that. True. <clears throat> Uh, I got a couple things in the mail finally, right? It took forever, but they finally came. The magic uh, box. Dead, yeah, Dead Girls, the Radon release. Hell yeah. Deep cut. Uh, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Camp video, right? Give me that foil label, that foil baby. foil label, that's right. Uh, what else did you send me? Uh, Psycho Sisters. Uh, they played that at VHS Fest. If you were there, you've probably seen that. Our boy Chase has the wave release. Though. Oh, that, cool. that is so cool. That's actually like a, a, a different movie. That's yeah. That's like the original, and the one that we have is a remake of that wave movie. So, really? Yeah. That's that's what that's, really? Yeah. That's what that's all about. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you learn something every day, and I also got the Alien Agenda. Oh yeah, right? that's right. Thank you, you very just, much, just man. You found that, that. Yeah. Very sick. Well, Tim Ritter uh, action. Yeah, dude, I've been watching tons of shit. I fucking rewatched The Burning Moon, The Dead Next Door Chillers. Uh, uh, What's it called? I can't think about it right now. Uh, Reanimator Academy, uh, Skin the Live, City of the Vampire, Savage Harvest, fucking The Satan Killer. Dude, I'm ripping all these movies for our... uh, What's it called? I'm trying to put... Yeah, I'm trying... Well, I'm trying to... No, not even, man. I'm playing that straight from my fucking VCR. So if my tape gets eaten, you're gonna see it live and see my <laughs> You're gonna hear Mike crying live on the commentary. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just so I can edit some stuff together. So like people, you know, compilation shit like nice. that bullshit. I like that. Um, yeah, but I've been I've been busy watching stuff. Wait till you so fucking can... see uh, Wincoop and and uh, or Winecoop in the Alien Agenda, dude. He is wild in that movie. He's like this pumped, badass, like hippie fucking alien ass kicker guy. It's so funny. I'm pumped. So, yeah, that's uh, really it for what I watched. Anthony should be back next week. Anthony will also be doing the uh, the live streams with us. He was on the last one. It was right? a lot of fun. I we like have, that one. We have one coming up with Tim Ritter. We're going to figure out a date for that. We're going to watch Day of the Reaper. Right? Insanely cool movie. Yeah, so get your questions ready because you're going to be able to ask him anything that you want. And let me tell you, Tim is a fucking cool dude and will answer anything. So Twitch twitch.tv slash bad taste video 
So, also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please rate us five stars. Wherever you're listening to us, actually, rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Uh, we, you can visit our website at www.badtastevideo.com. We have a Patreon if you want to donate to help us out, pay some of the uh, ser- the services that we have to use, hosting costs, etc. right? It costs a little bit of money yeah. to do this for you guys. It's building up. We're hoping that we give you enough entertainment where you're willing to help, maybe. Actually, don't help us. Yeah, who are we? Us. We're just a bunch of fucking yeah, fuck dumbasses. Yeah. Uh, Grizz, where could they find you on the internet? On the internet, you can find me at Kane underscore enabler on Instagram. Uh, hit me up. Give me some uh, you, movie ideas. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video on Instagram and pretty much anything else. <laughs> but all our links are in that are on our website. Yeah, so BadTasteVideo.com. Also, since you're home, since you got some extra time, why don't you hit up some of our friends' uh, podcasts also, right? Laser Graves, Fright Vision, Fright Vision and uh, who else? We got Super Tat Film Club. I really enjoy theirs. Neon Brainiacs, So You Love Satan, Witchfinger. Uh, who else? Can I, am I missing? Am I missing any? That's, that's the people I know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if I missed yours. <laughs> I Mike's swear fault. I enjoy your. I swear I enjoy your podcast anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's it. We'll see you next week with Toxic Zombies. <laughs>